Um, yeah, and then I'll do the streaming. So before we start the class, Guru Dave, is there anything you want to share? Or just no, I think we we'll just uh, discuss the uh, the uh, person and contribution of Pujapachita Maharaj on the day of his Tirubhav, the day of his disappearance today. Tirubhav is, of course, thought to be auspicious. In some way, I guess you could say, in much as much as separation is said to make the heart grow fonder, um, and Sanatana Goswami in his Bhagavad has seems to have tipped the scales in favor of separation, which is uh, interesting uh, insight of his um and so the disappearance day of, of a great uh, saint and and uh acharya in our particular line Goswami Maharaj we were gathered together to um honor his contribution and um of course as you know uh I was through his uh, blessing and uh, grace after the disappearance of Prabhupada. I had the uh, fortune of coming under his guidance and he asked me to start something, a mission, and um, carry out what uh, Prabhupada would have expected of me given the circumstances and so forth. And he advised me that he would be in the background um, energizing, if you will, and there to consult with. That was quite a long time ago, uh, relatively speaking, probably around 1985. Mm. And um, he departed from the world a few years after that, 87, 88, I can't recall. Uh, exactly the year I was in San Francisco at the time when I heard of his, his departure. Um, but in a few years that I had his good company directly, um, I had the opportunity to consult with him at uh, um, considerably and to hear his talks and so forth. And um, of course, he was. Uh, very generous, very kind to me. And I met him, I guess you could say, in his the Paramahamsa phase of his life. Um, his, um, at that time, he was quite old. He was, a, I think, a year or two older than, than Prabhupada, and he was not expecting to outlive Prabhupada, who was traveling around the world with this uh, um, a lot of energy and enthusiasm. Um, recruiting and so forth, and opening temples and publishing books, and and then uh, in the meantime, Pujapachita Marsh was living comparatively uh, in solitude, and um, he was probably about eighty percent blind, and his health was not good. Uh, he was more or less. Re uh, uh, constrained to his veranda. He had an L-shaped veranda 
um, around a small room where he, uh, which was his, his, his bedroom. And um, he used to sit in those days that uh, I was in his company, um, which was, of course, after the departure of Prabhupada when some of his disciples came under the guidance of Pujapachita Maharaj. He used to sit on his veranda um, in the mornings, sometimes for a couple of hours, and in the evenings as well um, to discuss with us, um, enthused by our enthusiasm um, and brought out, so to speak, um, by it. And as he saw that, uh, um, the extended, we, we were the fulfillment, our enthusiasm of the aspiration of Prabhupada to fulfill a mandate, if you will, a suggestion to him, given by, by imparted by Bhakti Siddhanta, that he bring Sridhar Marsh out. <laughs> um, so he, he liked to think that even in Prabhupada's absence, he was um, still fulfilling. Uh, the desires of Bhakti Siddhanta and that one in particular in relation to ourselves. So there we were, a uh, few of us, a handful of us, in his good company, and um, bringing some new persons to him, initiating some new persons as well under his guidance. And um, as I say, he was a couple of years, maybe a year or two older than Prabhupada, didn't expect to be in that uh, position, given Prabhupada's. Uh, apparent uh, good health comparatively and the fact that he was widely traveling and uh, and um, very very active um, so he was quite surprised that Prabhupada departed um, before him and um, and and then kind of rose to the occasion if you will of um, the difficulties with succession um, in ISKCON and the fact that a number of Prabhupada's as I say, myself included, came uh, to under his guidance uh, where we were forced to make a choice, as, as most of you know, um, either to follow the leadership of ISKCON at the time or to, to, to um, adhere to the uh, good insights of Puja Pachita Marsh, of course, we chose the latter. Uh, but this was, again, the more or less the, the Paramahamsa stage of Puja Pachita Marsh, who was active earlier um, in his life in preaching, but never to the extent uh, that we see in Prabhupada, because he was a more of an introverted uh, person. Prabhupada was a much more outgoing. Uh, Prabhupada had a little bit of a mercantile uh, uh, disposition mixed in with his criminal uh, uh, and, of course, overarching Vaishnava. I'm speaking, but within the context of that, criminal sensibilities. Um, and Pujamachita much, much was more, uh, he didn't seem to have that, uh, that, that, that mercantile side to himself, um, but more uh, 
kind of purely Brahminical uh, temperament. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, more, as, as I say, more, more introverted, probably was more extroverted and, uh, and, uh, and I, I'm just speaking about their, their, their natures, if you will, aside from the way that they were empowered to do what they, they uh, did. But, but earlier, as I'm saying in his life, before I met him, he, he of course was a, um, um, engaged in preaching, recruiting, and so forth under the uh, direction of Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasati Thakur. He was involved in the Kurukshetra Mahath of, of Gaudiya Mahath's many, 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 many monasteries and, and Madras Mahath um, and so forth. But even anyway, in the context of that, he was the introverted person in, in the group. But his introversion also, uh, if you will, lent to also some um, outreach in the sense that um, it was channeled into writing. Mm -hmm. And this is something that I think is um, relatively unique uh, to the disciples of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. Obviously, Prabhupada uh, wrote, but Prabhupada wrote mostly commentaries. He once said that his only book was, uh, after that, I think he did some other ones, but uh, teachings of Lord Chaitanya wrote himself, or he had some little books. I think he said that about teachings of Lord Chaitanya, which, which although it is an original book, it follows very, very closely uh, the Chaitanya Charitamrita. He had some original smaller books, but they were more outreach type of books, journey to other planets and so on and so forth. Um, and uh, further, again, amongst other disciples of Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasita we don't see so much um, in the way of original uh, uh, contributions through uh, writing. And what I mean by that is that, that in Pujapachita Marsh's introverted nature, which was channeled into some um, uh, writing, there was very much originality in there, original thought, if you will. Um, I think that uh, was one of the things that uh, characterized him, made him stand out in the, in the minds of um, even other God brothers of himself. When I speak about his uh, originality with regard to writing, I refer to um, works like um, his Prapanajivanamrita, where he goes through the angas of Sharanagati and um, uh, uh, draws verses from the larger canon, Gaudiya canon, um, uh, that demonstrate those angas. And more so, I would say, in terms of his works like his uh, commentary on the Brahma Gayatri. That's a very uh, original uh, work. And when I'm speaking of original works here, I'm, I'm speaking of things like the contributions of the Goswamis themselves, the founding Acharyas, they were original works, um, original ideas, if you will. Um, 
So we find that um, in probably the, this is one of the better examples, I would say, his commentary on, uh, on Brahma Gayatri, which brings the uh, import of Brahma Gayatri, not only to, as Jiva Goswami did uh, insightfully and with originality uh, to, um, to its import to be a, um, a petitioning of, to, of, of solely and exclusively properly understood uh, Sri Krishna. Hmm? Because there are many ideas about what the, what the Gayatri represents, means, what its import is, and so forth. And both in the Paramatma Sandarbha and, and a little bit in the Tattva Sandarbha, I believe maybe in the Krishna Sandarbha as well, um, Jiva Goswami uh, explores the Brahma Gayatri, which is said to be in, in the Guru Purana, a, um, which the Bhagavatam, I should say, is said to be a, a commentary upon. Um, so Jiva Goswami sought to bring that point out, demonstrate that, if you will. So Puja Pachita Marsh um, uh, took us there and further in the context of Brahma Gayatri to uh, Radha Dasyam, uh, explaining grammatically uh, the uh, implications of the um, the, uh, the words of, of, the, of, the, of the Gayatri Mantra. Um, Devasya, um, Bargo Devasya, Dimahi, hmm? uh, Satyam Param Dimahi, so Bargo Devasya, Dimahi, Devasya means Krishna, play for Krishna, hmm? uh, and um, Bargo means light, so who sheds light on he who is said to be the light of lights, if you will. Um, but most of you are probably familiar with that uh, work. If not, um, I would highly recommend you familiarize yourself with that. It is a really good example of what I'm referring to, this quality of Puja Patrita Marsh, his um, originality, which is hard to find. Most people don't have original thoughts. That's not necessarily bad. And... Um, uh, and that's true amongst devotees and even amongst um, uh, gurus, hmm, teachers. Uh, mostly we find a faithful uh, transmission of the teachings, perhaps with some insight according to time, hopefully, uh, with a time and circumstance and so forth. But um, if we make the comparison, as I am, between some of the writings of Puja Pranchitavarsh that demonstrate his originality, uh, to that of the Goswamis, then you can understand the difference that I am um, pointing out. So we find that in him, I think it is a very uh, prominent uh, quality of his and one that was noticed um, uh, by his, uh, his peers and uh, brought him, without the pursuance of it on his part, a great deal of respect on the part of his um, his god brothers, um, you may know. Uh, most of you may be, I should say, maybe familiar with the uh, Sanskrit uh, 
stanza that he wrote in which he um, captured to a large extent Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. Um, and um, um, what is it? What's the name of it? Pranamami Shada Prabhupada. But at any rate, that's the the refrain. Um, the I want to say there's another poem that he wrote, and I want to come to that to some extent, in which Bhakti about Bhakti Thakur, that about which Bhakti Thakur said he has captured Bhakti Vinod is captured in his poetry, the Shira Marsh. That's quite was quite a compliment, but but before going into that, uh, which hopefully we will. Um, with regard to his prayer, famous prayer glorifying Bhakti Siddhanta Sarsati Thakur, we can. I don't think Bhakti Siddhanta was uh, uh, to say that that probably that he himself was captured there, and I, I don't know if it was written um, after the disappearance of Prabhupada Bhakti Siddhanta, which is probably the case. But the point I'm making is that universally, his godbrothers, his peers. Hmm? Um, uh, without saying it, uh, perhaps, uh, illustrated the fact that um, they felt that Prabhupada Bhakti Siddhanta Sarsitaka was captured in the poetry of Pujapatrita Marsh. Hmm? And uh, to give you an example of what I'm speaking about, um, um, my Guru Marsh at one time in Vrindavan at the Krishnabalaram Mandir, where he once expressed a desire to have 25 sannyasis residing there full time, taking care of Krishna and Balaram, just to give you an idea of how he felt about Krishna and Balaram. Um, and, 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 and the Krishnabalaram Mandir, what it meant to him. Um, in Vrindavan, I don't think I don't think any temple that he um, manifested that came about um, as a result of his campaign was as important to him, as dear to him, uh, as as the Krishna Balaram temple in Vrindavan. It was quite a quite a astounding accomplishment. Uh, I think he, he he felt on his part. Uh, to go from Vrindavan everywhere and open temples and 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 bring in new devotees and so forth is is, is no small small task. That there is a statement by Jiva Goswami in his Sandarbhas that he repeats at the onset of each of his six essays, Satsandarbha, and, and that is um, um, where he glorifies Rupa and Sanatana whom he says are glorious in Mathura, in the mandal of Mathura. So it's one thing to be a glorious devotee, but to be glorious in Vrindavan itself, to be recognized in Vrindavan itself, that uh, is uh, really an accomplishment, if you will. Mm -hmm. Someone may be known all over the world as a devotee, but... but um, even Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was going to going to Vrindavan, 
So Nathan said, you should, you know, you should, you should go without a big crowd behind you. There was a political reason for that. And there was a spiritual reason behind that as well. Um, um, basically, obviously, Krishna is big in Vrindavan and his entourage is big in Vrindavan. The, the two are, are one and different. So to come in touch with Krishna is to come in touch with Radha, to come in touch with Nanda, Yashoda, Subal, Sridham, Raktak, Patrak, all these um, associates and so forth that are that, that are manifestations of his own internal shakti. And there's no meaning to Krishna being the friend unless he has friends. Therefore, um, Mitram Sanatanam, as the Bhagavatam says about those friends. Uh, so, um, Sanatana advised Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to go you know, quietly into Vrindavan uh, as, as, as a mendicant. Um, and of course, he obviously he's big in Vrindavan <laughs> and he got noticed uh, for, his, for his bhakti and so forth. But my point is to be, to be determined to be a great devotee by the Vrindavan sector, like Sanatana Goswami, who it's it's been described as he wandered throughout the Braj and would come from the forest into a into a village. All the village people would come, the children would come, and all and um, and affectionately uh, uh, express their 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 regard for him and so forth in all ways, both just in an ordinary sense and in terms of the spirituality for those who are spiritually. Um, astute, if you will. Uh, I've described before in the day just past of the Guru Purnim, which is coincides with Sanatana Goswami's Tirubhav. He used to keep a shaved head, which I was meaning to do today, but I didn't get the time. Um, and as such, he was sometimes referred to as Munda Baba, shaved-headed Baba. And it's said that when he was disappeared from Vrindavan, all the people of Braj, men, men, women, and children shaved their heads. As a way of saying, uh, demonstrating their allegiance to him, the elder of the Goswami. So, so, so Jiva Goswami says, in, to them, I offer my specs, Rupa Sanatana, who are famous as devotees in Vrindavan. That's a huge accomplishment. And through the worldwide preaching of Prophet, obviously he became well known. But once the, when the Krishna Balaram temple was established, um, in Vrindavan, then the, the road from de, from the Delhi, the road that goes to Delhi, there's a turnoff that comes into Vrindavan. It was it was uh, renamed Bhaktivedanta Marg, so the path into Vrindavan went went through through Prabhupada. He was a hometown boy. He considered that his home, Vrindavan, and his temple of Krishna Balaram was accepted there, and 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 so forth. So it was a big. Um, accomplishment for him and I'm getting a little bit off on a, a tangent but uh, forgive me but at that temple and um, he once expressed a desire and I think he did it in writing that he wanted 25 sannyasis residents there living to take care of Krishna and Balaram so, so you can imagine what the, what the temple meant to him anyway at that temple when Akoyananda um, Maharaj was the president he asked the coin on the Maharaj to sing this song written by Pujapad Sridhar Maharaj that it should be sung every day in the temple. Um, that song, that's, that Sanskrit stotram 
in which Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur is captured. And I'm saying that he was captured in there in the original writing of Sanskrit writing of uh, composition of Pudipat Srinamarsh because of the extent to which his peers felt that was the case. So this is an example I'm giving of Prabhupada feeling that to be the case. He said, not only should it be sung here every day, but in all of my temples all over the world, it should be sung every day. It's one of the things, unfortunately, that didn't um, didn't uh, come to pass. And there are a number of things like that that Prabhupada expressed um, in earnest to one disciple of another in a leading capacity uh, somewhere that uh, didn't play out. I say it's unfortunate because I, th- I think it... Um, the prophet was a little bit um, tight-lipped in speaking about Bhakti Siddhanta Sarsi Thakur, because when he did, um, he would weep. And um, he had such high um, regard for him. Pujapat Shudamarsh was, uh, and he knew him a little bit more from a distance. Pujapat Shudamarsh was in the mission and more closely associated on a daily basis with Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasuttaka. We heard a little bit more about him and his character from Pujapat Sridharmarsh. And in this poem, as I'm saying, this Sanskrit composition, he captured Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasuttaka. And not only is evidence for this from what Prabhupada said, but the spirit that Prabhupada expressed about this poem was that was shared by all of the God brothers of um, of Pujapatrita Marsh. And thus that song is sung in every branch of Gaudiya Mat every day. And in some of the branches, a verse or two have been selected and inscribed in marble. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's quite an endorsement, if you will, as I say, from one's peers uh, as to the, the extent, in this case, uh, uh, Marsh's Spears, the extent to which he was able to capture in their minds what they felt was the person and the contribution of Bhakti Siddhanta Sastri And he did it, as they say, in Sanskrit, which was um, not something that a, a large number of Bhaktisiddhanta's disciples were uh, proficient in. So he was a very scholarly I think his scholarly, scholarly nature um, made him a little bit more um, introverted, as I'm saying. Um, but the nature of his, in, his introverted nature being channeled as it was to some extent through the, these compositions that I'm speaking about, um, in turn had an effect of, of reaching out um, at the same time. Um, so while he didn't, ha- didn't have a penchant or a disposition for going here, there, and um, everywhere, as you know, he was very reluctant, most of you may know, to uh, accept disciples after the disappearance of Bhakti Siddhanta Sosthakur and after uh, different uh, factions of uh, the disciples of Prabhupada Bhakti Siddhanta had uh, chosen a course in terms of how to proceed uh, with the mission and expand the number of disciples, he removed himself as was characteristic of him to the background 
Mm-hmm. And um, sought residence in Navadvip, for which he went to Ek Chakra and begged the permission of Nitai Chand, who gave the impression to him within his heart that you asked me for your mercy, but you don't give your mercy to anyone. So he thought from that that I have got the blessing, I could stay here, but I can't. Um, keep entirely to myself. And so if people come to me, then I'll have to give them shelter, but I'm not going to run here, there, and everywhere to, to capture them. So this was a good good quality of his, and um, it is partly, as I say, his, his disposition, his nature, being introverted, being um, scholarly, brahminical, and also, of course, um, in terms of his capacity to um, move in the internal uh, landscape of Gaudiya Vaishnavism and um, have standing in um, the depth of insight and uh, realization as to what uh, Vaishnavism is. While he had originality, as I'm saying, as one of his qualities and very uh, and and he was internal and introverted comparatively in his nature. Um, at the same time, there is a, there is a very much of a of universality uh, to his um, person, and that comes across very clearly in, in the way of his thinking about um, things in general and about Gaudiya Vaishnavism. And I personally found that to be very uh, refreshing, insightful, and up, uplifting. The originality, one thing, but the, the but at the same time, the depth of his insight, and at the same time, the universality. They they, they 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 might not seem to go ostensibly to go together, but in, in one sense they do, because the deeper that you are able to go within, the more introspective you are, the more you're going to be able to draw from the world um, around you and see it in that light and then speak about your uh, internality, if you will, your, your, your inner in, insight, drawing upon the world around you. So he was very uh, capable of, of, of doing that. There was a very profound sense of universality, which we find in Bhaktivinoda Thakur. Bhaktivinoda Thakur was a very um, a prolific and he seemed to be outgoing also um, in, in, in nature, comparatively speaking. And, um, and he was uh, acquainted with Western philosophy and theology, and he would bring that out to some extent in his his writing. And he coined the term Saragrahi Vaishnav, an essence-seeking Vaishnav, uh, which in his own words um, caused him to see the deity in another church or a mosque or, or a temple outside of his own tradition as the same God that he worshiped, who was being worshiped differently here. 
by persons of different um, um, that a different connection, if you will, with the absolute. So his universal universality um, is uh, it was expressed in that way. It very much comes out, of course, in his speech on the Bhagwat, famous speech. It's, it's very um, electrifying to hear that. And this was very this this universality of Bhaktivinoda Thakur that I'm speaking about, which we find in Pujapachudamars as well, was something that that it was obviously very compelling to the disciples of Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur. Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur had the task of taking the insights and aspirations of Bhaktivinoda Thakur and spreading them, um, circulating them widely, and uh, he was able to capture young men and women from Hindu um, society uh, who were educated and um, and to some extent, um, Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasthakar was able to do so because he was presenting the universality of Bhakti Vinod that, 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 that took Gaudiya Vaishnavism outside of the book. Or showed how the book is is but in all the texts is kind of but an outline, if you will, or or a, a, a table of contents uh, to uh, to a book about the nature of the absolute. Um, that's 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 important. If you look at the Goswami's work as an outline or as a table of contents, uh, obviously there's a lot more to it. Um, but but it all follows from the outline, all follows from the, the table of contents and so forth. But um, there's a tendency to uh, think that the absolute is contained in a, within the book and um, and it many to memory, some verses and uh, philosophical insights is, is tantamount to, to becoming Krishna conscious. And of course, it, it should be helpful in that regard but the two are not entirely the same. Um, and, um, and that Gaudiya Vaishnavism in the time of Bhaktivinoda was a little stagnant uh, if you compare it to the time of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and, and, and um, maybe a century or two afterwards, it was quite uh, alive and well at the time of Bhaktivinoda. It wasn't very much respected by the secular society or the Hindu society. Um, at large. Um, so uh, I think that uh, from among other things, there are a number of reasons for that, but, but among, among other things, um, the inability to take the text and universalize it, if you will, in terms of time and circumstance. So, so Bhaktivinoda Thakur did this and his, his Bhagavad speech is very electrifying in that, that regard. You know, where he goes so far to say no book is perfect. Hmm. And he, he brings out relativity in the Bhagavatam and so forth. So this was also this universality was very much a characteristic of Bhakti Arakshita uh, Dev Goswami Maharaj. Um, I mentioned rel- relativity. Um, it's packed into the Goswami's own uh, original teachings. The fact that Scripture is full of relativity, which is not something that many disciples of uh, uh, in Gaudi Vaishnavism today 
think about. I don't think that's not my experience. Um, what I mean by that, of course, is that that Jiva Goswami in his in his Tatvasandarbha, beginning of his his, his uh, first of his six treaties, um, he makes it clear that in in his effort, which is a successful effort, uh, to place a focus on the Srimad Bhagavatam as and, and, and identified as the hub, if you will, around which the sacred texts are orbiting and in relation to which, in context, they'll be properly understood. Hmm? This is very, uh, really original thinking. I mean, and core, core insight into uh, Gaudiya Vaishnavism to place the Bhagavatam where he does, as as it says itself, it is the um, what is the verse? Pramanam amalam, hmm? pramanam amalam, paramahamsa samhitam, Srimad hmm? Bhagavatam. Uh, so it is the is the spotless Purana, hmm? the spotless Pramana uh, uh, form of, of of evidence that from which. You, you can comprehensively uh, as much as you can through it, uh, the uh, things that you could not know otherwise, the nature of Bhagwan in particular. So it, and the point I'm making is that in his Sattva Sanzarbi, he says, well, the Shiva Purana and this, the, the Padma Purana and, and the Vishnu Purana and, and the Brahma Purana and this Purana and that Purana, they, these are all written um, in under the, with, with a view to minister to persons affected primarily by one mode of nature or another, whether it be Sattva Guna, the Vishnu Purana, Padma Purana, or the Shiva Purana, the Tamaguna, and so on, Brahma Purana, the, the, uh, the mode of passion, and so forth. So looking at the text from a certain angle and speaking about it that, such that it will appeal to those under those influences. Hmm? This obviously it speaks about relativity within the scripture. It's common today. I've seen someone finds an old book and quotes it, this Purana, that Purana, and takes some some quote and thinks because it's written there, therefore it's Gaudiya Siddhanta. Hmm? Um, that's not how how we arrive at uh, at Gaudiya Siddhanta. And this is one of the ways as I'm speaking. We had to find the relativity in the scripture. So Bhaktivinoda alludes to this in his Bhagavad speech and also in his, his, his um, Krishna Samhita and, uh, and other works, even Jaiva Dharma and so forth. And this is very um, bold, you know, to make this statement. I mean, it's, it's, it's true. It's obvious in, in one sense, once you understand what they're saying. But you find this also in... Um, in Pujapatrita Marsh, um, a uh, and it, it's it's um, uh, he was uh, very quick to point out this idea of relativity within the guru within guru tattva. I mean, it's one thing to say relativity within shastra. Shastra says the guru is absolute, and then you have to find now relativity within within the guru. Um, who speaks according to the time and circumstance, which means relative. That hmm? is what he says would be somewhat relative and more pertinent to time and circumstance spoken than at other times. Not that there is not 
current throughout Acharya's uh, speaking, writing, whatnot, that will be relevant in all time and circumstance. Um, but at the time, in the circumstances in which the talk is given, in which the writing is given, there is going to be something that is addressed that is not going to be there in the future. And the talk was relative to that and so forth, just to give an example. Um, and, um, and of course, you know, gurus have different dispositions, they have different likes and dislikes, um, and so on and so forth. Um, and we have to distinguish that from the absolute position of representing the teaching and so forth. So uh, he was also quick to bring out um, this point of uh, relativity. I remember when, when he first was speaking about that and we were trying to pass that along to some of our godbrothers and godsisters who are still members of ISKCON. Boy, that went over like a lead balloon. That, that was like uh, uh, <laughs> not very uh, popular or well understood. Or as it started to be understood by somebody, they say, well, how do we decide what's absolute and what's relative? This has given me a headache. Uh, yeah, you have to have a headache to make progress in Krishna consciousness. That You have to strain your, your intellect also. It has to be taxed. Uh, you, you, you have to exercise it to, according to its the measure of it. it. Doesn't have to be big, but you have some, and it has to be taxed. Like your body, the blood has to be given for Krishna consciousness. Your mind, your intellect, is, as, as well. Um, so, and of course, in the company Bhujapachita Marsh, I had the opportunity to grow very much my, my my spiritual intellect because, in a sense, Prabhupada told me what to think. And Sridharmosh taught me more how to think about what to think. I think overall the guru is meant to teach us how to think more than what to think, but he has to tell us to some extent what to think. And not that Prabhupada didn't teach me how to think, he did, but Pujapad um, Sridharmosh taught me how to think about the things that Prabhupada um, put. Um, invested it within me, within, within all of us, he sought to teach that. Um, and um, that was very um, refreshing. And uh, I felt my uh, spiritual intellect grow uh, exponentially um, it, it just, just, by the touch, just by the contact with him. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and and then he, of course he and hearing his words and so forth, it um, it was like uh, um, like an upgrade or, or, or something, um, and, and it, it t- tapped into something that I had, of course, and and gave me a, a, a license to um, to use it, which I've really taken uh, considerable um, advantage of, and. Uh, it makes me a bit under myself, I guess, in, in many respects. Uh, of course, happy in the company of all of you who, who um, identify with my way of, of thinking, but it comes from these these sources. So in Pujapachita March, we also find um, the uh, universality and um, original thinking, universality. Universality, uh, I'm speaking of in terms of, uh, in one way here, thinking outside of the book or show demonstrating how the book goes beyond um, the book, if you will. 
that it's an ongoing book. And, and, um, and I, I think that um, some of the other, one of the other ways in which we've, we experience that uh, universality in the person of Pujapachitamarsh was his references to, uh, to Western um, luminaries, thinkers, um, Hegel, Bishop um, Berkeley, Hegel with Die to Live, and uh, Bishop Berkeley's, um, uh, um, what would you call that? Um, um, he was a um, idealist, idealism. Hmm? Of course, our idealism doesn't do away with the world altogether. There is an objective world, but we're more lean towards idealism than towards objectivism, if you will. Um, that the world is there, but it's not what it appears to be. It's it's not an illusion that it doesn't exist at all, but it's illusory in the way it presents itself, showing different faces at different times, and so on and so forth. So to, to hear about core concepts of Gaudiya Vaishnavism and how they have some, um, to some extent, they are found in original thinkers like Berkeley, like uh, like uh, Thoreau or like uh, like uh, um, Hegel, die to live. And, uh, it was a, a a phrase apparently of Hegel's that Kujapachimarsh drew upon. So he was acquainted with these these uh, Western thinkers and uh, philosophers. A very educated uh, person, and then to hear him speak about Gaudiya Vaishnavism and draw upon them is an example of what I'm saying uh, with regard to universality being a quality of originality, universality also part of his um, person. And it, it, it's interesting, as I said earlier, that it, that it seems to be in contrast to being an introvert, but if you introvert spiritually, then you come out, so to speak, on the other side in the way that you think and whatever you hear, you, it, it, you, you draw upon it in such a way as to further bring out your inner insights and so forth. So he was um, very um, 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 much uh, a kind of a universalist in, in, in the sense in which I'm, I'm speaking about it and very poetic also in his um, uh, speeches. Um, and these uh, qualities are, are um, uh, they're, they're not they're not that common uh, to be uh, found, and uh, as I was saying earlier, I think that as much as Bhakti Vinod was represented by the mission of Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasvati, it's what caused a lot of young people uh, to join. Uh, they, not that they it's not that they didn't know about Gaudiya Vaishnavism. And it's not just the power and the person of Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasvati Thakur, but it's but the but it's the universality that uh, that Bhakti Vinod Thakur um, uh, expressed with regard to Gaudiya Vaishnavism that took it from being being kind of literal into something living and, and so forth that could draw in um, uh, persons who. Who, who in Bengal, who grew up around Gaudiya Vaishnavism, but weren't captivated 
um, by it, if you will. So we find this uh, quality also in in Pujapachitamars. These are two that I wanted to speak a little bit about. Again, his originality. Um, many Sanskrit compositions. I don't know of any other prominent disciple of Bhakti Siddhanta Sachitaka that has any original Sanskrit uh, compositions. Um, there may be some, but I'm, I'm not aware of them. And the ones that Pujapat Sridharmarsh penned um, were well um, respected by his peers, and they have uh, currency outside of um, uh, that particular set, that particular line that we come in as well, as I said. Um, um, his text, Prapanajivanamrita uh, on Sharanagati, his Brahmagayatri commentary. Uh, he spoke about, I don't know if he wrote about it, but um, his uh, Rigveda mantra, Om Tad Vishnu Paramam Param. This is also very uh, original and insightful um, on his part. Um, and um, Again, to the universality, we go, I guess, I guess, we could say further to the poem that he wrote about Bhakti Vinod Thakur in the presence of Bhakti Siddhanta Sarsitakur, while he was still amongst them, uh, about which the Sarsitakur, as I mentioned earlier, said Bhakti Vinod Thakur had been captured in this poetry of, 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 of Sridhar So we get a really uh, deep uh, connection to Thakur Bhakti Vinod in, um, in this regard. Uh, in the person of Pujapat Sridharmarsh. And we're all very fortunate uh, to be gathered on this occasion to um, think about, to discuss um, um, his, uh, his qualities, his contribution. He was very, um, very, uh, very generous uh, in general. He, uh, another quality of his was very strong uh, common sense, very strong common sense. Um, and as, as a result of that, he was someone like Rup Sanatan, who common people would go to for to settle a dispute. And what they, how they weighed in on it, it would be accepted. So Pujapat Sridhar had very strong common sense that made him a person um, who others and and other devotees and even God brothers would approach for his common sense insight on an, on an issue that he would, who would weigh in. It was a very strong uh, quality of his and it was very um, refreshing. It, it made him um, very uh, very like living and um, open, if you will, to possibilities, ways of looking at things hmm, from different angles <laughs> and so forth. It is also an evidence of very, very strong faith, deep faith. Once he said that he had, a, in, in, in very late in his life, he said he, he, he had a dream and in his dream, all of his Shastric knowledge was uh, taken away. And he had only his shraddha, only his faith to stand on. Mm -hmm. uh, and that faith was very, very um, um, deep. And one of the evidences of the, the depth of his faith is that he could entertain 
other ideas, defeat, com conflicting ideas, competing ideas, um, you know, welcome them, if you will. Um, um, because as you know, there's an English adage, weak faith requires an enemy. Hmm? So if my faith is weak and it's not based it's not based on the standing, deep standing and experience. Hmm? I mean, what could make our faith stronger than experience of what Godi Vaishnavism is in terms of uh, its uh, um, the emotional, trans, trans psychological emotions that it can that it that it gives rise to. Hmm? Uh, we experience this as abhas, an abhas of that bhava, or as we make it more advanced, bhava itself per se. Mm -hmm. But to have even even consistent experience of, of an abhas of bhava, mm -hmm. this is nothing could be more confirming to us mm -hmm. than that. Um, this is one of the reasons that a lot of Prabhupada's disciples are so um, committed to him. Uh, regardless of what he says, um, <laughs> because in his company they they had some they had some strong experience, hmm? and so they're going with that, if you will. Uh, now they, they need to think about that experience, reflect on it, and so forth. I think to understand it in context, and 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 not become sectarian in, in, in their thinking, but um, but. Nothing, my point is, could be more confirming than inner um, experience. And, and faith that's based on that is strong. It's not dependent upon a particular scriptural idea or way of thinking about the, the scripture that I've become accustomed to, which may be correct. It may not be correct. That, uh, or when I say correct, may not be entirely um, uh, supported, let's say, by Jiva Goswami, um, and uh, some 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 people have imbibed, for example, the idea that we felt from Vaikuntha to give a crude example, and then they learn, well, that's not exactly the teaching for hundreds of years, and that's not how it's presented by the founding acharyas of the sampradaya um, and so forth, and because their faith and standing is dependent upon certain ideas that they've come to be acquainted with rather than experience that they, they, they find this to be um, something they have to fight against. They don't invite the discussion, so to speak. Uh, they close it down when the book, uh, you know, not even the leaves fall from by Kuntas published, for example, which was in 1995 when this was a big controversy in the International Society for Krishna Consciousness. That book came from within International Society for Krishna Consciousness, penned by um, Satyan Ryan Das Babaji, who was a member at that time, a teacher in the Gurukul in, 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 in Vrindavan, Iskan Gurukul, um, Iskan Krishna Malaram, Iskan Gurukul. Uh, they, you know, they banned the book before anybody could read it. So this is, you know, this is not like a, dis a discussion and inviting um, uh, competing ideas and so forth. And, and you know maybe they're right, and maybe we go with it. Uh, I mean, <laughs> this is a sign, as I say, of, of really of strong faith, um, the depth of faith. We find this in Pujapatrita Maharshi. It goes along with his 
his common sense and his open and his openness and and his the extent to which his thinking was very full of gray gray matter <laughs> rather than black and white. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I, 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 that was very uh, uh, liberating, if you will. Uh, Prabhupada had a way of presenting things in black and white. I think he was empowered to do that. It was very helpful. Um, when I uh, joined the mission of Prabhupada, uh, it was very helpful to, get, to have things like, it's like this and it's not like that uh, because the sea of uh, quasi-spirituality in which many of us were, were, were circulating, it had no anchor. It had no, there was nothing to hold on to, uh, uh, so to speak, that, that would then uh, be um, of use in terms of then uh, practicing. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so uh, like you to give an example of what I'm talking about, when we were building Aldari here, there was a there was a a, a fellow from um, Norway who was a builder who was who was who was the main contractor, and and um, he had a quasi spiritual you know kind of perspective, uh, still in the sea as as I compared it of, of of such that many of us came out of and came came to to, to Prabhupada from. Uh, found found an island, you know, there something to hold on to. Uh, he, he 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 was quick to always to tell me that, that sadhana is the last snare of Maya. You know, of course he was doing no sadhana of any, of any kind. You know, so it's like okay, you know, the, the Prabhupada would say no. You know, that may be, there may be some truth to that idea. You could get caught in. You know, if you want to think about the implications of it, which I don't think that fellow did, but it's an interesting thought. But just just throw it out there when you don't have any sodden to begin with. Let's wait for the last snare of my if it is. You know, let's get out of the other ones first and do some sadhana. Uh, you know, then then worry to see if if we get caught up in you know in in um, in, in book learning. You know, let's say for example, um, uh, rather than. You know, taking the books and using them, using the head, as I often say, it's soft and hard. So, um, so, um, we, you know, we, we, we found this also very strong common sense, which is, was a characteristic of his. And he was very, um, his, his faith was so was very deep. So the inner came, he didn't have any enemies, so to speak. He would welcome other thoughts, reflect upon them. He wouldn't agree with them all, but I mean, Obviously, um, and so I also found this uh, very, um, uh, very refreshing. And um, as I say, to conclude, I don't want to go on. I've talked for I think over time, over time now. But uh, I'll conclude with the fact again that he was very, very kind to me personally. Um, he asked me to start a mission. I I did. I brought my first disciples that I initiated there to him. And um, when I was there, it was during the Gaur Purnima, and um, the day of my birth is the day before Gaur Purnima. So somebody said, today is Jabarmar's birthday. So he said, oh, there should be a ceremony, and so forth, and, and he, he encouraged that, and, and so on, to my embarrassment. Um, uh, he, he 
he referred to me as a as a bona fide student. And when he said that, uh, one of his students, Hari Charan, who had been a brahmachari for his whole life in the month, his, his eyes became very wide. And, he, and so a measured remark like that, uh, on the part of Sridharmarsh was something that whatever he said, um, to say, oh, he's a good student. You, you know, you wouldn't take much from that. You know, that's nice. But his eye went wide. Like Pujabar Sridharmarsh says he's, a, he's a, a very, a bona fide student, I think he said something like that. That was like a huge, I'm not trying to glorify myself here, but just bring out something about Pujabar Sridharmarsh. That was a huge compliment. This statement was like, Somebody else would have made it. You wouldn't have made much of it. But if Shudamarsh thought it, it and verbalized it, whoa, that was something to take 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 notice of. It reminds me of something that once Giri Rajmaraj, a godbrother of mine, who had been listening, hearing from Narayan Maharaj, and was repeating some of the things that he heard that Narayan was just talking about, and those things were then being further shared, and uh, apparently it was causing some confusion. Um, on the parts of some devotees. And so he asked me, how is it that Pujapadshita Marsh was able to talk about higher things without this confusion? And I told him, I said, well, Shita Marsh didn't talk that much about higher things. We talked about the lower things in the highest way. Hmm? We did hear about him, from him about Manjari Bhav, something that you won't find probably in the database. You probably won't find the term database as a collection of Prabhupada's writings and and talks and so forth on the on, in, in digital form. You'd be lucky to find the word Manjari in there at all. Uh, it wasn't something that Prabhupada focused on or talked about, uh, really. Comparatively, you can find a lot of things that he spoke about with regard to Satyarasa, but even that wasn't focused much on the Prayojan Tattva. So, you know, this did come out uh, in the talks of Pujapachita Marsh, and it was very refreshing, but it was very tasteful. The way he 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 did that, um, but mostly, as I replied to the Maharaj, he spoke about the lowest things in the highest ways. Everything he said had such uh, depth and far-reaching implications. That was my experience. Um, so um, um, very kind to me. Um, he asked me to do what I'm doing here uh, today, and with your help, hopefully, I can do it better. Thank you very much. Bhakti Rakshak Shirade, Kosami Maharaj, Tirubha, Mahamozabhati. We are over time, but I will entertain uh, because it's a special occasion. Any questions or comments if anyone has any that they would like to uh, share? I see there's a lot of things in the chat. Um, maybe there are some questions there. Existe una declaración que su sí. We have a question. The question is about the sacred geometry geometry of of, of Goloka, as explained in Brahma Samhita. To be fair, it's a little off topic. Um, let us see first if there are any other questions or comments regarding the topic at hand. Hmm? Guru Maharaj? Yes, Padmanabh Maharaj. Uh, 
I would like to ask you, if possible, if you could share some thoughts about how you, as a disciple of Trilasidhar Maharaj, uh, deal with the topic that sometimes, apparently, he has said things like bhakti being inherent in the jiva or jivas falling from the tatasta shakti region. So how you, as, as his student, have uh, has have accommodated those notions to to present the Siddhanta as you present to us, no? in which way you harmonize apparently contradictory statement from your own Siksha Guru. If you, if you could share that to us as a way for us to know how to deal with that as well. When you'd find it in me, <laughs> then you have to do it also. <laughs> uh, that's going to be there. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, well, who are those illustrious uh, devotees at your side there? Here we have Gurumash in, in Madam Mohan's house in Brighton. There's Madam Mohan. Here's Mohini. Madam Mohan, of course. I know we have Mohini. Suki Krishna Prabhu and Nishimha Balava Prabhu, who is joining us also. Nishimha Balava, <laughs> Nice to be with you all. Uh, so, yes, that's an interesting uh, question relevant to the topic. Um, uh, overall, I would say that it's been very clear um, to me that Prabhupada and Pujapatrita Marsh, my gurus, that they felt that it was important that what was taught was representative of the previous Acharyas, the founding Acharyas. And I think that they very much underscored um, this point. And if I'm to take that um, seriously, then I have to take that when it applies to whatever they say as well. That's their teaching to me. So it's possible that they may say something or have written something that, as you say, uh, it differs, does not correspond with what the founding acharyas have said, which founding acharyas are giving what Gaudiya Vaishnavism is. I mean, that's, that is basically an interpretation of the sacred texts that many people in many different sambadayas lineages draw from and draw differently from to come up with their own lineage, obviously. So what the, what the Goswamis have done is, is thus very important for us hmm? uh, comparatively to contemporary acharyas they're not doing the same thing. Pujapachita Marsh gave an example of this. He said, the Goswamis took gems, stones, and drilled holes in them. And they left it to us just to put a thread through them, to make a garland of them. So they, they drew nana shastra vichara naikani punosa dharma samstapako lokanam hitakarano Charlie describes it. They, they drew from the sacred texts widely, hmm? so many verses, and then they drilled those gems of verses. What is the implication of them? They're back basically drawing on 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 uh, uh, Narada's insight shared with Vyas that you have to come out with something that in no uncertain terms uh, uh, emphasizes 
the position of bhakti in terms of its uh, its slavific power, its power to uh, deliver us. That, of course, is the ultimate work of Vyas, Srimad Bhagavatam. So the Goswamis are drawing on that, right? And from the Bhagavatam and other texts and so forth, and, and, and constructing bhakti shastras, you know, all supplementary to this idea of what the Bhagavatam is, an emphasis and no uncertain terms on the efficacy of bhakti hmm? and how it, it supersedes any other method for bringing a, 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 a solution to the problem of material existence. Hmm? Not only it, it, it brings a solution by way of bringing a positive uh, posit- a possibility, potential that is is extraordinary, brain bryogen and so forth. So, so what the Goswamis did, you have to distinguish that from what contemporary acharyas do. Contemporary acharyas are meant to draw upon their work, as probably repeatedly said, as Pujapat Sridhar said, as Bhakti Siddhanta Sarsitakura said to Rupanuga Virudhapa Siddhanta Danta Harane. So any Siddhanta that's different from that of, of Rupa Goswami, he takes exception to. So if they teach us that, and then we find um, nowadays we have access to more texts than even uh, many of the disciples of Bhakti Siddhanta were had access to. For example, uh, you know the Sandarbhas of Jiva Goswami there in Sanskrit. I mean, I suppose they are there in Bengali and Hindi, but but at the same time they were at that time. But but the the availability of such books. I mean, what Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthitaka was, was doing with the printing press was novel. Hmm? You know, now, now you know, you, you, you digital books and, and so forth. Uh, you know, so the, the extent to which these literatures, these texts are available is considerable. Many of the disciples of Bhakti Siddhanta never, never studied the Siddharvas. They studied the works that Bhakti Siddhanta gave them. Hmm? And his main work was to reproduce the works of Bhakti Vinod. He himself didn't write that much either. Hmm? So there was a particular focus. Um, there was also somewhat of an anti-intellectual focus in Gaudiya Vaishnavism under Bhakti Siddhanta Sarsitakur with an emphasis on practice, 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 hmm? and not um, uh, and, and, and kind of, I want to say, um, trying to ward off this um, this possibility of intellectualizing Gaudiya Vaishnavism and misconstruing that to be synonymous with realization of, of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Hmm? He was he saw that that was going on and he was militating Bhakti Siddhanta Sarsitakur against that. Shreya, what is that? Shreya Shritim. Uh, Jnane prayasya, udapasya, namanta eva, jnan shunya bhakti. Shunyavaj said to me several times, whenever I have intelligent devotees come, I have to emphasize on this point, jnan shunya bhakti, jnan shunya bhakti, jnan shunya bhakti. They don't just get caught up in their intellect. I think they've gone somewhere. Um, so that, that was an emphasis in Gaudiya Math. And uh, we find it to some extent in, 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 in Prabhupada's work in Iskand as well. And, um, and as a result, 
they weren't familiar with some of the texts. Pujapar Chudamar said he never read Ujwal Nilamani, for example, an important book of Rupa Goswami dealing with Madhurya Rasa. Um, the implication would be that you don't have to read Ujwal Nilamani necessarily uh, to uh, um, realize Krishna in, in Madhurya Rasa. That makes sense. But it could be helpful at the same time if it was properly, you're properly guided in it and so on and so forth. So when Shinomar said, I didn't read this book or that book, that doesn't mean we should throw those books away. Therefore, we don't have to necessarily. I'll give you an example of what I'm speaking about here further. Shinomar told us that Bhakti Siddhanta did not allow his disciples to read Auntie Leela of Chaitanya Charitamrita and Ramananda Samvad, which comes in the Madhya Ramananda Samvad was the favorite part of Chaitanya Charitamrita on the part of Pujapachita Maharaj. So obviously he read it, <laughs> but Bhaktisiddhanta didn't allow them. At a certain point, he emphasized that. At a later point, Chaitanya Maharaj, based on his realization, understood why he emphasized that at that time and the purpose behind it. And not being affected by Niyamagra, not knowing the purpose, he entered into the Ramana Samvad and it was something he liked to recite and repeat and so forth. And he also drew from Auntie Leela of Chaitanya, Chaitanya, Chaitanya Charitamrita readily in his discourse. So, um, similarly, <clears throat> Sridhar Marsh, um, for example, I'm saying he didn't read Ujwal in money. I don't think he used to really study the Sandarvas at, 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 at length either. He certainly didn't draw upon them in ways that other people have studied the Sandarvas have, have done. Mm -hmm. That's an interesting point because Gorkashras Babaji Marsh told Bhaktis not to, to, you know, to study the Sandarvas and maybe, maybe publish them or something like that. But he was busy with the work of Bhakti Vinod Thakur primarily. Um, so uh, I think that uh, there are some um, aspects, a couple only, of the teaching that you mentioned, maybe Anadi Karma and whether Bhakti is inherent in the Jiva. These are two that, the only two that stand out in my mind, that, um, that uh, Bhakti Vinod talked about differently than in the, than in the Sandarbhas for reasons of his of his own, and I think that there has something to do with the, the nature of his preaching work that he was doing, interfacing with people. You take an Adi Karma, but that makes no sense to Western theologians. They just think you're not answering the question. That's what they think. Why people are suffering in the world? It, 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 India doesn't deal with in Hindu philosophy. Just doesn't. It, it, there are questions in Western theology that just there aren't. They aren't questions in Hinduism. <laughs> uh, no beginning to the world. No beginning to karma. You know, it doesn't really compute. But the scripture says, we, I'm here to tell you about things that you couldn't know otherwise. This is something, Anadi. Just leave it at that, beginningless. Okay. It's very beautiful if you enter into it. The implications of it logically are, are like mind boggling. Hmm? I won't go into all that, but. Um, Bhakti Vinod talked about it a little bit differently hmm? in a way that, that placed more overt emphasis 
on the jiva in terms of its plight and removing emphasis on God having any fault, which is what, uh, what's the word? The, it's a theological the word. Odyssey. The Odyssey. The Odyssey is all about why people are suffering if God is all good um, and so forth. So, um, of course, if you understand the Nadi Karma properly, it places emphasis on the, on, on the, on the jiva. It's just that you have no beginning, <laughs> that's all. <laughs> but every day you're making the wrong choices. And when you, when you choose uh, uh, sense objects for the pleasure of your senses rather than for the pleasure of Bhagwan, and there are reactions. Every day you're doing it. So you're, you're responsible. He's not responsible. But it has no beginning. Yeah, but a lot of things have no beginning. You have no beginning. The worlds have no beginning. Uh, so on and so forth. So cre creation is a leela. It's a play. There is no creation. There is no, there is no beginning. So anyway, Bhakti I think he softened this a little bit. He tried to. In the way he talked about it. And for other reasons, he, he talked about um, uh, Bhakti being inherent. Uh, and and, and I think I think you know relative to the to the preaching that he was doing. So that said, these ideas were passed along to uh, the Pujapatrita Marsh, for example. Um, he repeated them, and um, I now um, doing what I think he expected of me, and probably expected of me taking what they have said, what they have written, and, uh, and, and as a result, becoming interested in Krishna, I look at anything that, that's written about Krishna. I'm not afraid to look at somebody else's translation. I look at their translation, I think, I, I have the depth of experience to be able to determine whether that's actually the Siddhanta or, or not. Mm -hmm. Or uh, so I can read a scholar's book and I can find he makes a nice point, good. And then the rest of the article I can throw out. It's a waste of time. But uh, anyway, I went through it. I found one, one good point. Uh, it, my, my, my time was, was well spent. Um, uh, so um, I think they expect me to be like this. Hmm? That's how I am. <laughs> it, it, so uh, if in the context of that, I find Gurumar something you have said here. What would I do if he was here? I would say, Gurumar, you said this, but over here, Jiva Goswami is saying this. Look, here it is. This is being said. This is this is the logic of that, and so forth. Well, I've already explained what his nature was, right? That he was not adverse to other opinions. Let's hear them. Let's but and. Let's get to what the what the truth of it is. Hmm? So I, I also saw Prabhupada change his mind on things when he got other information. Hmm? I'll give you a simple example. When we were young, at one point in Los Angeles, we decided to try to sell books in the airport because there were people from all over the world there. It was illegal, but so so we we changed from our devotional dress into secular clothing, disguised ourselves, so to speak. And went out and with books and suitcases and moved around and tried to sell books. This is how book distribution in the airports in the United States began. 
And Kirtananda Swami, who was living in uh, West Virginia in uh, New Vrindavan, he heard about this and he wrote to Prabhupada and he said, in Los Angeles, the devotees are becoming hippies again and wearing ordinary clothes and so forth. I mean, he knew what we were doing, but for some reason, not, you know, he, he did that. So Prabhupada wrote to us and said, immediately this should be stopped. Again, you're becoming hippies. This is not good. So then we had to write Prabhupada and say, Prabhupada, actually, you know, that's not what's happening here. This is what's happening. We're doing it like this for this reason and so forth. And as soon as we can get these clothes off, we get them off. <laughs> and we're back in our, you know, devotional uniforms happily dancing before the deity and so forth. So when Prabhupada got new information, he changed his opinion. He wrote about in the Bhagavatam and in the Chaitanya Charitamrita. He gave two examples, Prahlad uh, and how Nard came in a, uh, uh, in an undercover way or something like that was, was preaching to, he was preaching to Hiranyakasipu's wife, but he was actually preaching to Prahlad or something. And in the Chaitanya Charitamrita, the, 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 uh, the, it's the son of, uh, Pratapurudra Maharaj disguised and was, was dressed up by Sarabhoma as a Vaishnav, and then Mahaprabhu embraced him. And then it was thought, oh, Pratapurudra Maharaj has been embraced because his son has been embraced. Prabhupada used these are not good examples, but Prabhupada used them. So sometimes Vaishnavas, they disguise themselves hmm, for, their, for their purposes. And so he's trying to find a pramana in the scripture for this. And he stretched it and, that, and, he, and he wrote, but that's what he wrote. Hmm. And so sometimes our devotees are changing their, uh, disguising themselves in order to go and sell a book and so forth. And it's, 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 he was seeking a praman in the scripture. Hmm? <laughs> and so he changed his opinion. Hmm? Um, and then he supported that opinion. He looked for support in the scripture and then he, and he, he wrote about it. Hmm? So I have my experience of them, uh, of, of Prabhupada changing his opinion. Obviously it wasn't a point of Siddhanta, but he took it like it was Siddhanta. He felt like we should be wearing the, Vaishnavas should be dressed like this. Hmm? Who are living? We were all living in temple at that time. We were all, uh, you know, brahmacharis or brahmachari householders or you know whatever. Um, so, uh, and I didn't have the same experience with Shiddamarsh, but I I did have experience of his, as I said, his openness and his willingness to discuss and so forth. So, you know, what would I do if? Uh, uh, I would, uh, if they were here, I would explain it to them, and I would, and I would, I'm sure they would agree. I have no doubt that they would agree, hmm? and then look at it like, uh, yes, Bhakti Vinod is preaching like this, and whether that preaching has validity now or not, or whether it still has shelf life, as preaching strategies only have certain shelf life, they would agree. I mean, you, you, you know, you, you sometimes you say, "What would Prabhupada say?" I'd say, "I would say, ask me." What would Prabhupada say if he's here now? Ask me, or somebody else who you accepted as your guru now. Hmm? That's where you're going to find out. Hmm? So uh, if there are preaching strategies baked into the Sampradaya, I don't think necessarily Pujapad Sridhamarsh thought of it like that. I'm giving a preaching strategy, but I think he just repeated what Bhagavad had said about it. Hmm? And, um, and it wasn't a big topic uh, necessarily. Um, one of the one of the ways this topic inherency in the, of the, the jiva uh, of bhakti in the jiva comes up, of course, the way this came up in Gaudiamat was always in relation to persons in other lineages 
who were more or less selling Siddhapranali, Siddhadehas, come to me and uh, I'm in the Nityananda, you know, Vamsa, the family, the bloodline of Nityananda, and you should, you should, you should be prepared to drink my urine if you want to go back to Godhead. Come to me and I will give you the Siddhadeha and then, you know, and then you support me. This kind of thing was going on. So this, whenever this argument comes up in Goldiamon, even today you'll find contemporary persons, oh, they're saying bhakti is inherent. That means there's there, there's the Sahajas. They think that the, so that's how that was being used by Bhakti Vinod. This is evidence that it was a preaching strategy on his part. You don't have to go there, it's in you. You don't have to go to them, it's in you. You do bhakti, you need sadhusanga. He consistently emphasized you need sadhusanga, you need sadhusanga. Without that, you can't get bhakti. But, but the same time bhakti is inside of you and, and it will come out naturally. The guru is not, doesn't own it. And you have to buy it from him. And so forth. So he, he was really preaching against this kind of a thing. And that's how it was used in also in 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 in, in, in Mother or thought about. Hmm? Then that you go down the line, go down the line and start to be, if you think that Bhagavad is inherent, that means you think this, 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 this. No, we don't think all those other things. We don't think you have to drink my urine to become Krishna conscious. No, we don't think like that. Hmm? Uh, <laughs> but so that you know, it gets distorted over time. So you know, I, I think that uh, you know they 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 passed that along in the time, perhaps when they were younger and preaching, it was more of an issue in relation to sahajiyas or or persons who were imitative or or um, uh, you know that's a broad term that the way Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasthi used it sahajiyas. Um, but they can, they, they, you know, they, they, they came in touch with that. So I think they used that. Um, by the time I met Shudra Maharaj, it wasn't much of an, an, an issue, but he repeated the point. So anyway, uh, to make a long answer shorter here, I would, I'd, I'd, uh, that's how I've harmonized it. Hmm. I have no doubt whatsoever they would agree with me. Hmm. Uh, uh, <laughs> otherwise, I would uh, not think I would explain that. Why I feel like that is the reason. So, is there anything else? There were some questions in the chat. Um, one was in Spanish. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the question is about uh, that. I said we were teaching just more how to think than what to think, and can I comment on more on that? And what would be an example of that? Well, Prabhupada wanted uh, his youth to use the term, what did he say? Um, now the term escapes me. Um, yes, it was independent thinkers, independent, one of the original thinkers, independent thinkers. Um, um, I think that the, uh, the emphasis here is that, as I said earlier, you have to use your intelligence in spiritual life. And there's sometimes an unwillingness to do that. Um, um, and it can be um, uh, troublesome because it, it, it involves, uh, it results in, in growth, which can be painful um, at, at, at the onset. 
So um, I think in a broader sense, the idea is that spiritual life is not just you know, 108 answers to 108 questions. It's outside, it's beyond the book and so forth. And, uh, you know, you can, you know, there's a saying, what is it? There's a, it's like, uh, you know, you have to do the dance that you've been shown by everyone you've ever known. Hmm? And in the end, there is a dance you'll do alone. Hmm? So uh, <laughs> uh, we have to teach, take these teachings and, and make them our own, if you will. And, um, that doesn't mean to change the teachings, but that they have that much room um, with, within them. Um, and, and one of the ways in which we progress is through mercy and the other is through effort. So we do have to make an effort to get more, more, more mercy, more grace, no doubt. But we have to make an effort uh, to, to internalize um, the teachings within the parameter what they are within the parameters of them you know uh, make them our own we have to I refer to the Goswami's books as an outline or a table of contents and I've often said you know one of the pages in there is blank and it's but it's got your name on it on a poem and then you have to you have to fill it in now, that's not something you can do in earlier stages perhaps of bhakti as much as in later stages, but to know in earlier stages that that's there um, is, uh, is, 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 uh, is, is, is useful. Um, there has been a strong emphasis and for good reason on not thinking and, you know, and, and just practicing and so forth. But if that practicing is, is proper, it, it's gonna cause you to, to start to think in, in a spiritual way. Um, so uh, it's really, what's an example you wanna know of, of how to think rather than what to think? Well, I, I think we're, we're talking about it here uh, in the question of, of uh, Padmanabha Maharaj. What to think, you know, bhakti is, is, is in your heart, uh, you know, now how to think, yeah, but, that's what, not what's said by the founding acharyas, and it's said here. Why? How to think? Well, maybe because of this. No, that doesn't work. Maybe, maybe it's a preaching strategy. What was the context? What did Bhakti not say at the time? And why? That's more like how to think hmm? than uh, what to think. Of course, you through the how to thinking, you arrive at what to think in a bigger sense. So, what I'm really saying is that you, you have to use your intelligence is also going to be taxed. Hmm? And this is relevant to attaining nishta. Nishta. If you nishta, you have to learn how to think to be a nishta. It's not just learning a bunch of verses and and uh, uh, cutting off your genitals. But that, that's not what nishta is about. Um, some repression. Uh, and mechanically go through these all these motions and learn verses and chant and, and so forth. You're becoming a Nastaprayeshwabhadrachunityambhag uh, you're becoming a thinking person. Hmm? What is the person of the Vyas? What is he? Is he a thinking person? 
clearly. So it's not so easy how to think, I admit, but that's part of the challenge before us. Now, a lot of people, I say this, and they, they, they try to do the how to think, and they start thinking outside of the parameters of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, and that's not how to think either. So at some point, um, it's more what to think than how to think. So what else? There's another question. I, Oh, sorry. Okay, I see ahead. a question by, by Tamal. Tamal. Mm -hmm. He says, today you have said nothing is more confirming for our faith than consistent experience of transpsychological emotions with Bhavavas. Can you say more about this, especially if Shilashita March gave any instructions about such Bhavavas practice in the sadhana's bhakti stage? Tamal Krishna Das. Well, I'm not speaking about this in terms of how to practice Baba Bas. Mm -hmm. There is something to be said about that, I, I think. But uh, I'm speaking about having the, the Abbas of the trans-psychological emotions themselves, the ecstasy of that, which... Um, uh, gives some experiential sense that what is of, of what uh, uh, is to be attained is like so the ecstasy of it of all um, obviously we are uncovering ourselves with the broom of bhakti hmm? um, but um, because we're uncovering ourselves, we're not experiencing only the only Atmananda, but some semblance at least of, of Bhakti Ananda. Hmm? That's what we call Baba Bas. So, I mean, Rupa Goswami gives the example at a festival, there's all day long, there's hearing, there's chanting, there's prasadam, there's discourse, and somebody just gets absorbed in it and, 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 comes away and says that was ecstatic and they experienced something that they never experienced before waves of, of bliss and so forth. all this is these are simple examples of baba boss so they're very confirming what you're speaking about practicing bhava as an abbas um, i think um there's something to be said for that um also but that is um, different from what I was speaking about. But to go into that in a little bit, at least, um, for devotees who understand with their intellect properly the Siddhanta hmm, with regard to the Prayojan and, and understand and have an interest in that. Um, like you take, for example, uh, Bhaktivedanta Narayan Marsh, your guru, Krishna Marsh, or Das. Um, um, when I spoke to him about Sakurasa, he wanted to hear from me if I really knew what I was talking about. Anything about it. Hmm? 
or whether it was just some sentence. So when I could reply and he could see that I understood what I was talking about philosophically, then he would respond to it differently rather than trying to close it down, which he would for some others, for example, or if they said they liked Mishringa Dave, you know, or something like that, or wanted to be a blade of grass or whatever. He, you know, he, he just closed that down and talked about Manjari Bob, Manjari Bob. But if persons could respond and they could see that they understood, then he would respond in a different way. You know, I had a, a conversation when he visited me once and I had an ashram in, in Oregon, one of the states just north of us here in California, and, uh, and it, uh, in private with him. And then the next morning he went on a walk and we went on him and he was just talking and we, we, we came along. There was a park there and it was a river and nice trees. It's very beautiful here. And I said, Amidu Munapuline, Kadombo Kanani. He liked that. And, and so then he began to speak, you know, speak about the river as it was the Jamuna. And then he turned, turned to me and said something about, he started talking about Dinakasura Lila. And he turned to me and said, Say something about that. You know, I was startled that he had, that he, that he, too startled to say anything. And then he, and he, <laughs> And and then he and he spoke something, but of course then it was central to central to Gopastumi and, and and so on and so forth. So the um, point being that if if someone is fully acquainted or well acquainted with with the teaching and has an ideal that has developed hmm, uh, that course that that they have a corresponding understanding of scripturally, then that person has some scope for practicing bhav, which is kind of what you're talking about. The practice of bhav abhas. I mean it's 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 not talked about in that way, but 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 uh basically what what one would do there of course is is make this ideal now the center of one's practice. It becomes the center of one's practice. It, it, and cherishing that ideal appropriately internally cherishing that ideal, idealizing it, this becomes the, the, the prominent uh, feature of one's, uh, one, one's, one's practice. The, you have to understand that the ideal of Madhuri Ras, Sakiras, whatever it be the case, these embodiments of this are so dear to Krishna. I mean, they correspond with who Krishna is. There is no, you know, uh, coward friend Krishna without Sridham. There, there, there is no, without Radha, there's no, you know, there's, there's, there's no Krishna in Braj. So his very form is made of the Sarup Shakti, you know, that they are constituted of. You know, this is the beta beta equation, obviously. So they are so dear to him that if you idealize what they represent, and that idealization of that is accurate philosophically, and you know where you're at at the same time. Like I would say, if you go into a mall shopping center, you know, they have a map and says, you know, you want to go to room 108, it's over here. And it all says, and you are here. You got to know where to go and where you are. Both these things well thought out so that you know where you're going and then you know where to step next. So if you've got that figured out, and then in the context that you're idealizing that, this is very endearing to Krishna. 
In other words, you want something and it's, you, you actually know what you want. It's not just a sentiment. It's grounded in, the, in, the, in, in revelation and so forth. Hmm? Then, I mean, who wants that? What does Krishna say in, to the gopis in, in, in Kurukshetra? Hmm? What is the verse? Mayi bhakti ributanam amritam vayakalpate. Mayi bhakti ributanam amritam vayakalpate. People approach me for all kinds of things. They want things. They want to get away from things. They maybe want to worship me, you know, because I'm supposed to be worshipped. But you go because what you want, that I don't know how to think about that. That's that's that has completely captured me entirely. I'm purchased by that. These other people, they want something about me or something I have. Oh, I give it. Okay, yeah, yatamam prapadyante tamsataiva as they approach, so I re- respond. But the way you are approaching, I can't respond to that in kind. I'm purchased by it, captured. Hmm? So if we idealize that accurately, appropriately, with a humble heart, hmm? at the thought of the prospect, hmm? this, beca- this is very uh, compelling. You get Krishna's attention. You want that. And you've understood it. You've got, huh. So this this is this is central then. Hmm? Uh, Baba Mai hmm? and Baba Sambandi. Then you do the those practices that are in relation to that, that, that Baba Mai, hmm? with that in mind. Hmm? Mm-hmm. And your your practice will become some, you know, focused and so forth. And so this is something uh, uh, Along the lines, I think, of what you're, you're, you're asking about. Um, what did Pujapad Sridhar say about that? I can't think of anything at, at, at the moment, but I hope that that answer is somewhat uh, oh, Beautiful. Thank you so much, Maharaj. Hare Krishna. Okay. <laughs> nice to see you. Nice to see you. Where nice are you now? Nice to be seen by you. <laughs> where, where, are you? where are you now? I'm in uh, the new Goloka temple in... Hillsboro, North Carolina, renting a little okay. house in the we forest have, next to the temple. Nice. Renting a room. We have, some we have some devotees there. Yeah. Yeah, many good friends here. Good, good. Nice to see you. So, anything, anything else? I don't see anything in the chat right now, but. Okay, well, let me just quickly address the question about the hexog, hexog, hexagonal. Um, you know, the, the geometric depiction of Golok, if you will, um, hexagon inside, inside of a square. I'm going to very, give a very brief, very, very brief answer. The answer is, the question is about how the Gopal mantra is, is I think it's, was it inscribed in there or something like that? It, it's basically just one word uh, from, or syllable from a uh, word from each of the, of, uh, of, of the mantra is placed in the different sections of the of the hexagon. Um, so, I mean, what it is 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 a, is a sonic uh, geometric um, uh, representation of of Goloka. So, it's meant to be an aid to help us 
um, um, understand the implications of the of the mantra. I don't these these yantras, if you will, are not um, they're drawn from the tantra. They're not they, they don't seem to be as much in vogue as AIDS at the present time as they were in the past. But I've written about it in my forthcoming book also. So hopefully uh, we'll be able to draw a more comprehensive insight from that. And we're running out of time here quite a bit. We're way over time. I'm sorry for that. So thank you all. Pujapad, Bhakti Rakshup, Shiradeva, Sami Maharaj, Ki Jai. Yeah. Bhakti Vrindavi, Jai. Yeah. Uh, Haribo. Haribo.